I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i am your host jessica dwyer and with me tonight is the lovely and talented miss sarah buck hello and i'm activating something that has been sitting over in a corner for a while uh just kind of gathering dust and i'm gonna i'm gonna polish him off oh is that not a good strike that not polish them off but we're activating our virtual synthetic co-host tonight to see if um, the bugs are out of the system and if he's working well so hold on just a second and let me let me let me there we go okay switch on all right greg are you alive good evening jessica Oh, yes, it works. Sarah, Sarah, it works. Is it like really working or just halfway working? I, 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 don't, I don't think he can move really, but he's talking. I'm poking him in the head. Hold on. Can you, can you feel that, Greg? I am aware of a sensation in the head, yes. Uh, oh, that, that just sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know what? Okay, Greg, you are now activated, and we're going to have you co-host this episode with us tonight. Does that compute? That sounds excellent. Okay. I've had the voice is great, isn't it? It is, I- yeah. Well, you know what they say about coin-operated boys. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hmm, yeah. You never get proper change back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay, I, I, I'm getting a vibe here from this. I, I, you know, wait, no, I shouldn't be talking about getting a vibe. <laughs> this is just getting weird. Okay, let's go on to the Week in Geek because um, we need to see if we can rattle Greg's brain pan a little bit here and get him working. And uh, so, and then, um, by the way, this episode is really going to be a good one because later on in the episode, we are uh, having an interview with Mr. Zane Holt, who plays Richie Gecko from Dust Till Dawn um, in the new series. And I'm very excited about that because Richie Gecko was originally played by Quentin Tarantino. Greg, do you know who that is? I am well aware of Quentin Tarantino, yes. Oh, good. Yay. He's not that out of it. That's a good thing. Well, we must have programmed him pretty well. Well, of course we did because, you know, he's our coin operated boy. If we own him, we're going to make him we're going to make him uber geeky a little. Yeah. 
I mean, you can't. I mean, we can't out geek him. That would be embarrassing. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to be a little limited, you know, but we'll train him up. We'll train him up as the show goes along. Mr. Uh, Mr. Greg here will be trained up as every little fanboy should be. (laughs) No. How we how we roll on this show, um, but yes. Yeah, so he is the Richie Gecko character in the new series, which is amazing. If you haven't seen it, it completely uh, opens up the entire From Dust Till Dawn universe and uh, has all the original characters from the the film in there. Uh, being played by different actors. Uh, DJ Cortez plays Seth, his brother, and Robert Patrick shows up in the role that Harvey Keitel was um, in in the series. And um, Wilmer Valdemar, uh, Valderrama, I can never say that right. So uh, you remember that? Neither sentence? can I. I just, I just don't try anymore. Uh, yeah. It's, it's um, um, no, no. Yeah. Um, uh, Greg, can you say Wilmer Valdermama? Will? Wow. One more time. <laughs> Wilmer Valderrama. He it threw the robot. Wilmer Valderrama. There we go. Okay. So <laughs> now, can, hey, maybe we can make him say stuff too. That would be Kramer cool. Chip. Yeah. Chef. So, um, Wilmer Valderrama is in the show, and I swear to God, he's had a body transplant. He does not look a thing like he does in that 70s show anymore. I didn't even know it was him until I looked it up. And wow. I'm, I'm uh, for real, if fangirls, fanboys go online, check it out. He looks completely different now. Well, so, I mean, you kind of got to do that if you date Lindsay Lohan for any. Uh, yeah, body transplant. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably. So Greg, you're you're a robot. Would you touch would you touch Lindsay Lohan? Uh assuming that the viruses she has and the viruses I have aren't compatible, absolutely. But <laughs> good answer. So um let's go into the weekend geek before we get to our um our interview uh in the second half of the show. But be aware that um the entire series of From Dust Till Dawn is now up on Netflix streaming. The entire show. And uh, they've also added the original film and I think the two sequels as well. So that is pretty awesome. You can just glut yourself on Mexican vampires as much as you want. Over with. Um, so before we get into our typical Week in Geek, um, we have to um, bring this up in just in honoring um, someone that we lost that meant a lot to everybody here. And even Mr. Gregory the robot, I know, um, was hit hard, even though he was out of out of pocket for a while. He knows who this is, and um, and that was Robin Williams. And um, I we've posted some stuff on Fangirl Magazine about this and um, my personal tribute to him and what he meant to me. But I wanted to give Sarah and greg uh an opportunity to to share what he meant to them as well um because i put mine out there immediately i it it hit me harder than i ever thought possible and um we've been getting tributes throughout i mean they just keep coming awesome things that this man did so i wanted to give um sarah and greg a shot at um talking about it so um greg if you want to go first uh just early in my um cognizance i always remember two of my favorite actors being uh 
Robin Williams and Christopher Reeves. And it wasn't until years later that I found out the two of them were actually uh, college buddies together. Um, Netflix recently put up like good eight of his movies and some of them, you know, were hook and are fantastic. And some of them Popeye, not so fantastic. But the thing that always struck me about him was regardless of whether or not the movie was any good, he was fantastic in it. He just, uh, whatever script he got his hands on, he just tore apart and took at it with this exuberance and excitement that even if the final product of the movie due to direction or script or editing or any number of things that can go wrong in a movie, uh, you couldn't deny just his level of commitment to the madness. Good point. And uh, I, that, that was one of the things that I was um, taking from a lot of the tributes was how close he was with Christopher Reeve and how you, they kept showing the two of them together and how um, that he was the first guy that made Reeve, Christopher Reeves laugh after the accident. Yeah. And uh, it just, oh, it was relentless. It was a relentless week. So Sarah, um, can you share uh, your thoughts on Robin Williams? Well, for me, Robin Williams is really like one of the, um, one of the first people I was a fan of, you know, like at the point where you can recognize that you, you know, you're a little kid and you can recognize that this person stands out more to you than other people who are in television and movies. And so for him being one of the first people that I could identify, like I was a huge fan of Robin Williams. It was just for me, like, you know, Mork, the genie, Mrs. Doubtfire, um, you know, more of, of course, in my early life, more of his, you know, cute roles, so to speak. But um, just to like have that gone is, is very like foundation shaking. Um, to realize that, you know, from the first moments you could tell someone apart from the rest of the world, um, that they're, they're gone now. It's been really tough for me personally, but, um, I also think that again, and, you know, there've been a lot of people taken from us over the years that, um, because of depression or other, um, you know, conditions like that, that, I mean, it's so important to realize that people, you know, aren't just joking or aren't just whining when they talk about stuff like this, you know? Right. And, um, it's been tough because there's a lot of judgment, a lot of judgment when people um, commit suicide and, you know, that's not really cool. I don't yeah. think. Well, and I think this is one of those things where to take from it is the, the, uh, now that someone like Robin Williams, who you would never in a million years think about having depression and, and, and realize it, it really is a serious condition. Someone um, online was talking about the fact that in, in other countries, like in the UK and over overseas, um, uh, places other than America, there's no stigma attached to depression. It's it's talked about like every other disease, and that it's a very real thing. And I think that's important. I think maybe um, 
even though it's horrible for him to have, have left us and and he was ill on top of that um we found out about the parkinson's and everything um that it it can open up a lot of eyes and maybe make a difference and have people start really talking about it yeah and um as someone like it was really like kind of as when this happens all the time um it was a little bit you know bittersweet for me like as someone who suffers from uh, mental illness, which I hate that term, but, you know, it's the best we have so far. Uh, like, to know that somebody who you always look to, you know, they were going through it too. That's kind of weirdly, you know, you feel happy because, again, you're finding out that you're not as alone as you thought you were. Um, but it also is disheartening because like, it's exhausting and, you know, at a, at a certain point, you know, it gets too much if you don't have the kind of support system that you need. So. Right. Right. And like I said, I, I hope that people take away from this, the fact that it is something real and they are more observant. And I, I saw somebody on Facebook actually reaching out to people saying that he was thinking about hurting himself and this kind of made him realize that he wasn't alone like you said and he got help which is amazing so that's one thing to take away from this and as the tributes pour in they keep going it's it's great to see just how much he meant to people and who's li- and the lives he touched so thank you robin williams yes and thank you for you know being strong because he was a strong person right uh, like Uh, through everything like what he exemplified to me is strength same here so with that we're going to move on to the rest of the week in geek um and this this week comics and cartoons are sort of screwed up and i've already um uploaded into gregory the uh the information about the new spider woman comic book and uh co- spider woman number one <laughs> I, I i'm really not sure what marvel is thinking because they made such good strides with you know making a female thor and all of this stuff but then they went and did this it's um, a bold no. statement on their part to try and actually get break into the adult comic industry <laughs> uh, you know they dance around it here and there but i mean really going and trying to make adult lined uh, comic books that's uh i don't know how disney is going to feel about it but it does kind of get back to their roots a bit oh hey so. Gre- gregory greg greg you're gonna get us in trouble disney's always listening Jeez, bad robot um <laughs> so, um so yeah the the spider woman number one is I, I don't know what where they're going, what they're trying. Maybe Greg's right. Maybe they are trying to do this. Do we know who's writing? Who's writing that? I'm I'm not sure. Um, I I, I can tell you what. No one's going to be looking at the writing in the comic. Um, so like... <laughs> the new Spider Woman number one. Why it's making such waves is. The fact that Spider-Woman is posed in such a way that she looks like, 
I, I, what I was, I, what came to mind was maybe they've made Spider Woman now where the webbing actually comes out of her ass, like an actual spider. Because, and maybe they've moved. The other other thought that came to mind was maybe she's now in Cleveland, and um, because of you know that thing they talk about on the Family Guy all the time. Um, it looks I, like uh, it looks like the writer's name is Dennis Hopeless. Not <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's the best name and, ever for someone having to write this comic <laughs> uh, yeah um so what we're talking about is the cover is being drawn by a man named milo manara who if you don't know who this is is known for his porn comics like click they're erotic comics and the cover is of spider woman and her her ass is raised in such well, a way that it's, it's all like you can that, see you remember that um issue of catwoman God, a year and a half ago now almost two years ago where like it was like her like was twerked like that that was that's that catwoman pose where it was like oh my god her butt this is the most offensive thing i've ever seen it's that pose only worse it like, trumps i it. don't know I, I don't know how they made it worse, but I'm not offended by the Catwoman. Well, covering. the thing with this one that's so, it's it's awesomely horrible is the best way I can describe it. They, they did a comparison on a website uh, with another scene from a comic he did called Click. And it's the same pose of the lead character who is about to be basically sexually bottom loved yes <laughs> bottom loved which sodomized is, so, there you go thank you gregory sodomized um there is she, and, and and the fact that she said bottom loved is great because her butt looks like you described it so well so okay. i'm gonna let you say it <laughs> i was like well well okay well maybe this artist just like really loves spider woman <laughs> wanted to put a heart over top of her face yeah and, and he he doesn't know what butts are butts are not a thing in his world <laughs> he just threw a head and he was like look at the pretty heart over her head because i love spider woman so much ah uh, yeah so, that that's a great way to look at this um it's very uh uh that's so this cheery happy way to look at this it's not I, yeah because i don't even i don't even know and um it's really disheartening uh because i mean marvel's kind of what we've got for female superheroes i think it's very unfortunate i think it's really unfortunate it's like a big step backwards it's like whoops right and well <laughs> and the only good thing is that there's a this is a variant cover this is the special cover. Yeah. Which so there's a normal one out there, but the very this is what they picked for the variant. I guess like like and I don't know who in editorial was like, "Yes, yes, good variant, thank you." Yeah. You know, cuz like they really um cuz the that the cover cover is fine. And I mean, and I give I take Spider-Woman with a grain of salt because like I don't know what it is, but everyone who draws Spider-Woman just draws her crotch first it's just like <laughs> wow 
wow. <laughs> they, it, they do. And it's the classic Spider-Woman pose. It's kind of like, she's kind of slouched, but like her hips forward. Um, it's it's weird. It's weird. I don't I don't get the compulsion for that. I don't understand how her character fits into that stature very well. Um, but uh, yeah. So, and I mean, from from a character who's beloved by many, very much a a beloved character, um, but she just always gets shafted. She just always gets like. And it kills me. Oh, shafted. It kills me inside because I remember watching the cartoon back in the 80s of her. And she was a mom in the cartoon. And and seeing something like this, like she was the, the mother of a kid. This is just weird. It's just weird. So, and that's not the only thing odd going on. I just uploaded into to Greg this, this bit too. Um so Daphne from Scooby-Doo there's a new Scooby-Doo movie and it's it's called the the Franken creepy the Kurt you know it's called Scooby-Doo Franken creepy and everybody I guess in the mystery machine gets a specific curse done to them and Daphne's curse in this is that she is no longer a size two she's made a size eight and how they've drawn her as a size eight is this hugely rotund woman with giant hair. <laughs> like huge boobies too. Like Yeah. yeah. And so somehow she, go ahead. She reminds me of the description of Tika from the old Dragonlance novel, if anyone remembers those. <laughs> That's good. The, the the sort of sullen barmaid thing. <laughs> going on here (laughs) so it's i find that interesting that they've they've decided that that's the curse that she gains weight and that she's fat in a size eight this is what we're telling young girls which it's like i i was a size eight in like middle school Mm -hmm. i'm not yeah i'm not joking that was and and i wasn't overweight at all i was very slender in middle school and high school and a size eight was back in middle school yeah i think in eighth grade was the last time i was a size eight well and 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 as they point out a lot of people are pointing out it's the average size for a woman in this country is between 12 and 14 and so for her to be overweight and this this you know cartoonishly fat woman at in a size eight is that that's a great body image to send out now their way of justifying this is they're saying oh but it's such a good story arc fred accepts her no matter what he always you know she always looked good to him or you know um that she comes to realize that it's not you know that's not what's important is her looks but what you're saying though that just completely goes in the face of what you're saying at the beginning of this kids are going to take from this little girls are going to take from this that as a size eight you're a cow yeah and as someone who watched like scooby-doo was one of my things as a young person still is love scooby-doo um but as somebody who's watched a lot of scooby-doo like daphne being obsessed with her looks was never something I, i like yeah she liked you know like she's like the quote-unquote pretty one but like they don't use that in a way where she like 
belittles other people for how they look or she really spends a lot of time talking about what she looks like yeah I never got Um, that from it so to say like this is such a good story arc is just ridiculous because you didn't like there wasn't attention being brought to her look brought to it before like there wasn't any attention being brought to her being a terrible person who needs to learn a lesson before like why are you doing that now yeah to like just make girls I mean because I assume that at the end of the movie she gets turned back to you know right skinny Daphne right so where's the lesson in that yeah where's, well, the, where's the lesson it's like oh no it was a cur- like the lesson you're still getting out of that is it was a curse to be a size eight which they're misrepresenting in the artwork and also like that you know you should be ashamed of that right and the so, other the other part of it I find funny is why isn't Shaggy after the vast amounts of calories and, and food that he eats that size in the show? Seriously, they don't run that much. He, he has <laughs> serious anxiety. It, it, it was before they started using high fructose corn syrup in all the food. <laughs> it was still real sugar. So now he'd be huge, but because this was back in the day of actual sugar, and also, and he ran fair enough you know his heart rate got up and <laughs> elevated from whatever spooky mask was floating around that week this is true yeah i i just i i'm i'm surprised by it that this is where they're going with this stuff still in this day and time i i just find it funny but um let's get to something more positive we're finally getting misogynistic frank miller movie this this week this week city a dame to kill for a return to old school women with big boobs showing their butts and that look normal by the way normal normal size asses and and blood violence guts blood everywhere awesome this is what i want i want this i've been waiting a very long time for sin city a dame to kill for but bonus on this movie um, we are going to have the teaser trailer for The Hateful Eight. Yay! Which is Quentin Tarantino's new um, new movie that he hasn't even started filming. It doesn't even start filming until next year. But they're so excited about this. They're actually going to have a teaser on the, on the Sin City movie. And what's cool about it is it's going to list off all the characters and who's playing them. And this cast is just phenomenal. Basically, every actor from every Tarantino movie ever is going to be in this. Um, so you've got the bounty hunter being played by Sam Jackson, Major Marquis Warren. Um, the hangman, John R- Ruth, is going to be played by Kurt Russell. Um, then Amber Tamblin's in it as a character named Daisy Domerger. Domerger? Domerger. 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 The prisoner. And then awesome. Walter Goggins is in it as the sheriff. Um, Dennis Minoche, I think is how you pronounce this. He was actually in um, Inglorious Bastards briefly um, up against Christoph Waltz in the beginning of the movie. He's playing the Mexican, which I find funny. Um, the Mexicans being played by a French guy, go fig. Um, and then the little man, quote unquote, the little man is being played by Tim Roth. And um, <laughs> this is like my favorite. Uh, Michael Madsen is playing a character called the cow puncher. 
the cow puncher. And uh, yeah, and then Bruce Dern is playing General Sandy Smithers, the Confederate. So he's going to be all completely ridiculously racist and nuts. I can guarantee it. That is going to be Bruce Dern crazy i love quentin tarantino i love quentin tarantino and um it sounds like this is going to have um just your typical he's going to go completely out the out the door with this like what he did in Django unchained it's going to be even more authentic crazy western so i am very stoked do this let's do this i'm ready yes bring it bring it i can't wait kurt russell in another western i don't think he's been in runs since tombstone right um that can't be right has he not been in a western since tombstone hold on let me google this google foo greg greg compute buffering (laughs) let's see let's see you can find it quicker dust off those cobwebs gregory i'm seeing Tombstone. Looks like Tombstone. Yeah. Holy crap. Yep. 11 years. Uh, no, 21 years. I was going to say 11 years. Jesus. Years. Good God. Wow. And still going strong. That's impressive. Like, if you, like, think about that, that's, wow. Well, and you know what's funny? Speaking of Kurt Russell. Speaking of Kurt Russell, because who doesn't like talking about Kurt Russell? He's still hot. Um... There is a, a group online that has created the most amazing thing, and it's one of the best things I've found all week online. You remember those old read-along books with the record? Yes. Greg, do you remember those? Do you, are, were they around? Oh. Built? Yeah, I, I vaguely it. remember those. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you the, the read-along books, I had like the E.T. one with Michael Jackson, who was your narrator. I had like a ton of them. I had a Star Trek ones. I had everything. Well, they've gone and created John Carpenter's The Thing. I saw that. And And not only have they done the audio for it that you can download for free, they've created a PDF of the book. That you can follow along with. So awesome. Yeah, and they're I think they're gonna do a bunch of other ones too. Um, I hope they do. I mean, they're phenomenal. They have the music in there, they do the little when you hear the sound, turn the page. And it's like that is that is freaking great. So we're gonna post this stuff on fangirlmag.com for you. They actually have um if you're lazy and don't want to print out the PDF and, and everything, um, they have done a video of the book on um, that you can follow along that turns the pages for you. Uh, but it's it's just amazing. It even has that. Let's begin now. And it's like amazing. so good. So and it's so like good. 22 minutes. It's an actual thing that they have done. So I hope and hope and hope that they do something, uh, some other movies like that because. God, like the Exorcist. Can you can you imagine the ex? Mm. <laughs> when you hear or <laughs> when you hear your mother and you know, it's like <laughs> think about that for a moment, won't you? Ah, uh, yes. So the other thing, there's something happening this weekend that that Jessica personally has been waiting a year for. Oh yeah. Can can you all guess what that is? It's called Doctor Who. 
Doctor Who starts this weekend. Oh my god. Um, uh, and I've I've actually uploaded into Gregory the entire run of New Who. So he is up to date. Whoa. He is up to date. Whoa. He knows. He knows. Did he watch like seven years of television in a week? Yes. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. His eyes just flashed red, Sarah. You might want to like not 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 as long it. as he doesn't start yelling delete. <laughs> Don't exterminate. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. I'm gonna no. Uh, no, bad Gregory. Mm. Um <laughs> I am eating. so I am so excited for this well, new series. I am I'm not gonna lie. I was one of the people who had a little bit of trouble with Matt Smith's last season. I mean, I love, I love Matt Smith. It's not, I don't think he's a bad doctor. He's not my favorite doctor by far. He grew on me like a fungus. Yeah. But (laughs) like the problem was that I was just like so many sex jokes and like so like he's just like he was too he was too manic he yeah and he was too much of like that sex symbol for young girls well it really at a certain point lost me and got a little bit tiring and he's just too affable you know well and the thing that um Um, that i i had a problem with was the mystery surrounding Clara. And once that got cleared up, I liked her a lot more. But the fact yeah, that she was and then, the perfection it, thing, like she knew everything. How did she know all this crap? Yeah, and she's like, um, I don't know. I Stephen Moffat, I've been very frustrated with him for about two or three I probably the whole of the three seasons but at least two seasons I've been really irritated with Stephen Moffat just like but now I'm just excited anew again because um you know Capaldi's doctor is by all accounts just like more cold and disconnected and well the the here's the good part here's the 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 best part so i don't know um we haven't hooked them up on fangirlmag.com yet but they are on our youtube account which you guys can access um our uh east coast correspondent she's official she's my east coast correspondent we have one now her name is stacy rebel and stacy we had her sent to the only North American leg, actually the the U.S. part, one time, one day only in the New York in New York City um, event that they had for the Doctor Who World Tour, and <laughs> Stacy got interviews with Peter Capaldi, Jenna, Jenna Coleman, Stephen Moffat, and Chris Hardwick, who I tricked <laughs> with my question. Um, oh, I love him. I, I I tricked him, and I knew it would happen, and he got tricked. So. Your uh, your your geekdoms in a little bit of doubt there, Mister Hardwick, because your response to which classic Who regeneration meant the most to you and hurt you the most was David Tennant. Uh oh, that was immediate response. Now I have to give was... you props though because you said that you can't watch it more than once, which I can't either. Mm. But yeah, so anyway, 
Peter Capaldi was amazing and his description of how the doctor is this year, um, what we asked him about that and, and, um, he was just phenomenal. He, he, his answers were so great. So you need to check that out. Um, we're going to pop them up on the website, but they are on our YouTube account right now. And I think we're, at, it's only been up a couple of days and we've already gotten like four or 5,000 hits on that Peter Capaldi interview. Yeah. He's just, it's just exactly what I had hoped for the new doctor. Oh, he's going to be amazing. So right now on BBC America, the entire week, Doctor Who has taken over that network. They are showing every episode from the first Christopher Eccleston to the last David or to the last David Tennant to the last um, Matt Smith. And they're all leading up to Saturday. And they've actually added um, they've got two new specials that they have done. The Ultimate Companion and The Ultimate Time Lord. Both of them have um, David Tennant and Peter Capaldi on there. Um, And And they're they're hosted by Peter Davidson. Yes. And he is just delightful. He is. Oh, my God. He's so cute. So adorable. I just I just died. And now and it's funny that because he is. Oh, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Never mind. (laughs) Um, But what's really cool um, besides that. Um, the, uh, radio times, actually, you can go on iTunes right now, get the radio times app for free and for 99 cents, less than a dollar a day, um, for less than a dollar, you can download and have forever on your iPad or your iPhone, um, or your iTouch, their special doctor who edition of their radio of the radio times issue that has the um, moving cover of peter capaldi interviews with peter capaldi stephen moffat and not only that but they recreated an issue of the doctor who um the doctor who annual in there and that was a from john pertwee's time that they have peter capaldi reading which he probably already owns it because he's um and you can uh have that for 99 cents which is amazing and it's gorgeous and it's got some really really gorgeous pictures of capaldi in there um him posing in the suit and on top of that it has every name and a brief synopsis and the guest stars of the entire eighth season in there wow and yeah and so here's a quick rundown of the episodes Deep Breath is the first one. Um, and I found something else interesting, too. We know for a fact that Charles Dance is going to be in this season. He's not listed anywhere here. And um, a lot of people are saying that he's the master, by the way. Um, also, this gives you, uh, you can go in and um, watch the trailers on this, too. This thing's so cool for, for a dollar. Um, so Deep Breath is first. Into the Dalek is second, which is sort it sounds like it's going to be like a, a journey um, a fantastic journey where they go inside of a Dalek. Whoa. Um, robots, Robot of Sherwood, which is sort of like the androids of Tara, if, if those of you who remember classic Doctor Who. Um, Listen is the other one. What happens when the Doctor is alone, pacing the TARDIS by candlelight, poking the shadows with a stick, listening for a footfall among all those endless empty rooms? That's the description. That sounds good. Um, the Caretaker, Kill the Moon, Mummy on the Orient Express, uh, Flatline, In the Forest of the Night, 
and the 11th and 12th episodes which are two-parter um and by the way have you noticed how dark these titles are like they're yes so oh um this 11th and 12th episodes are called uh dark water and death in heaven Ah, I'm so excited. And, and here's 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 the quote. There's a quote with this one. Death in Heaven has a quote. And it is, you betrayed me. You betrayed my trust, our friendship, and everything I've ever stood for. You let me down. Ooh. No, it doesn't say who says that. But no, that, it doesn't. That's but... the one that Rachel Rachel Talalay is directing too, by the way. She's directing both mm. of those. Now, so, and there was more who news this week, right? Well, the was it confirmed. Um, well, there's rumor, rumor still going about that this may be the last season for Jenna Coleman. Yeah, and I, yeah, because that's what I heard, and I, I thought they were saying that like there's no Jenna Coleman after, like the rumor mill is that her last. Um, episode is going to be the Christmas special this year. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. And um, it's interesting because in our interview with, with Peter Capaldi, um, he I, I asked him, I had Stacy basically, um, I, I sent her every, all the questions and she, she um, asked them and got them done. And she was fearless and, and God love her for doing it. Um, she asked him um, what if Claire took a day off who would you like to have as a companion with you? And it made me giddy what he answered. He said, I, if, if she had to take a day off, I wouldn't want her to, cause she's my, you know, she's my favorite companion. But if she had to, I, I think I'd want to visit Susan again, his granddaughter. Oh, so that uh, could be really depressing though. I oh, just- no, I don't no. Know if, I can if, you, that. if you go on, if you, I still to this day tell everybody, if you really, really love Doctor Who and you love the classics and you just love new Who stuff, go to Big Finish Audio. They have some of the most phenomenal Doctor Who stories out there. They're all audio dramas and they're beautifully done. And um, they have a, a, they have one that I believe um, it's Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor and Susan does come back. And um, it's it's not a happy story. At no, all. is it? Well, and like we kind of saw, you know, we kind of got to see a little bit of what that kind of relationship is like in Torchwood, with um, with, Captain Jack and his daughter, and yeah, it's dark. Like that kind of stuff gets dark. Torchwood right? was just dark. Period. But, so much bad and it really like it but torchwood was so good and it just really did keep to its druthers and you know i don't see a relationship between the doctor and susan turning out much better yeah (laughs) man that that episode where she leaves and 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 um uh he does the the speech to her about oh william hartnell the you go on and so must i and it's like oh my god oh my god all right no 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 crying um so um it premieres the deep breath premieres now i'm gonna i'm gonna say something that that bbc america might not like i'm sorry um it premieres at eight seven central on saturday the 23rd but if you have google if you have chrome there is 
a thing called Ola. Ola breaks down that barrier between countries where you can get onto BBC America or BBC's website, go on iPlayer and watch it at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, Greg. <laughs> Greg's vibrating. Greg's vibrating. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's called Ola and it's a little thing that you just install on Chrome. And it 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 um, lets you go by country and changes your IP address to allow you to watch it. So, if you're like me and you know people are going to be spoiling everywhere, um, and you want to avoid it and you want to watch it and you've been waiting a freaking year, you can go on there and put Ola on your Google Chrome and you can go onto the BBC iPlayer page and watch it live. With that, here is Zane Holt from. From Dust Till Dawn, the series, which it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. From, 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 Zane Holt from, from Dust Till Dawn, the series, which is now streaming on Netflix. And uh, you can check that out. The entire series is up there now. So go glut yourselves on it. And it is coming back um, starting in October. They're going to be back filming for season two. And spoiler alert, Richie doesn't die. Ha! Richie doesn't die. Ha, ha, ha. Sorry. Zane Holt from From Dust Till Dawn, the series, is with us now. Hi, everybody. I want to welcome to Fangirl Radio, um, one half of the amazing Gecko Brothers, uh, Mr. Zane Holt from From Dust Till Dawn, the series. Zane, hi. Welcome to Fangirl Radio. Hello. Hi. Oh, we're very happy to have you, and absolutely love the show. I didn't know what to expect from uh, from Destadon series because um, I knew. Uh, first, let's just get into this. This the the fact that the original from Destadon was released 18 years ago, which makes me feel really old. Because <laughs> um, I saw it in a theater, and it, I mean, God, I mean, some people that are watching the show now weren't even born yet. Uh, <laughs> What did you think when you first got the script for, for a series from that, and what made you interested in coming on board for uh, a retelling, almost, of, of the entire film and then an expansion? Well, here's the thing. When I, when I first started meeting on the project, I didn't have a script. There wasn't really... I mean, I'm sure they had the script ready, but they weren't really giving them out to actors when you were first, when you were first meeting. I kind of just came in to meet with Robert, so what attracted me initially was the opportunity to work with him. And I was familiar with the, the film from Death Will Dawn, but I hadn't watched it in a number of years. And I kind of purposely just kind of kept it to the side and, and didn't really watch it until I kind of met on the on the series a couple of times. So really my initial my initial gut feeling was just like, yeah, any opportunity to work with Robert Rodriguez, you go ahead and, and, uh, and take it. And I initially met to read the set and that didn't work out but uh, Robert thought that I would better Richie so he brought me back in to be Richie and it kind of went from there when I got the when I got the job I was able to read a script and start working with DJ and hashing out how we were gonna do this thing and get ready to it so um, it's kind of interesting because your character Richie he didn't make it through most of the movie <laughs> in the original and I like how we got an expansion of his character in this and um with 
what was your take on it? Because he um, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so I'm, what? Uh, I'm getting ready to shoot season two, so that's 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 good for me. You know? Oh yeah, for um, sure. I don't know. I think yeah, I think that going back and rewatching the movie, Robert kind of was like, okay, maybe there's something more that we can do do with Richie. There's something really interesting that he saw with the connection between Richie and Santana Girl that he really wanted to, to expand upon in the series. And I think that kind of became really a, a central part of the, the storytelling for the first season. So I'm just, you know, really lucky to, to be able to have had the opportunity to be Richie and to, to go on that ride. Yeah, I'm and glad that I uh, I survived the titty twister. <laughs> Me too, because I loved Richie in the original movie, and I yeah. wanted more of him. And you've really done. It's kind of cool because I'm I'm watching you play this character, and you've added like an, another level and spin to it that I I didn't see in the original film, and I kind of got now, and you can. can totally tell me I'm off base, but I almost got like a Killian Murphy's Scarecrow vibe from the, the Batman movies from you. You kind of look like him a little bit in this, and you talk with a really cool cadence and um, like a, a very, you know, solid kind of a thing that you've got going on. Can you talk about what you wanted to add to the character to uh, from the original? You know what? That might just be the glasses. <laughs> there wasn't anything, uh, yeah. There wasn't anything conscious, uh, conscious that I did to kind of snag anything from another actor's performance, whether it be Quinn or or another actor in another movie. I just kind of felt out what was there and thought that there could be a little bit of, even though I'm doing these these sort of crazy psychotic things, if I could have some level of vulnerability or sensitivity and somehow be a little bit endearing to the audience that was my goal so people seem to respond pretty pretty positively so I think I think I'm managing to throw I think I think that's the big difference you know I think in, in the series maybe you feel bad for Richie a little bit well, yeah, because we didn't. You, you're, we're getting so much more of a background with them, and I kind of wanted to ask you about that. What, what the process was for you working with Robert on creating an expanded universe for the Gecko Brothers? Because he calls this the novel version of the story, so it's it's definitely more deep, and you get more of their backgrounds for sure. Yeah, I mean, how cool! You, have you you've watched the entire first season through already, right? Uh huh. Yeah. You personally, okay, yeah, great. So, I mean, how cool is it to see what Richie's doing when Seth is in jail? Where right. he goes, or how they are when they're kids. All that stuff. I think anybody who's a fan of these characters from the film will be will be really happy to be able to see that on screen. And I and I think that's that's something that's really great that we we have to offer with the series. And it really is. It is an expansion on the world and, and the opportunity to live and breathe with these characters a little bit more than, than you got to originally. And did you did you have any input on your own, like any ideas that you gave Robert on how you wanted this character to go or, or part of the history of him? Because um, what was that like working with DJ? I mean, really, that's kind, of, that's kind of the audition process, right? 
Yeah. Really, that's kind of the initial meeting, right? Just the way that, however, I, whatever kind of ideas I had about him or why he might be this way, and the way that I performed it in the first the first couple of times meeting with Robert, um, I guess it was the right way. You know, it was the way that that he saw. Maybe it was what he envisioned, or maybe it wasn't. But whatever it was that we came up with together ended up being what he wanted to go with, and and that's that's where we are. That's awesome. So I'm just glad that I I'm glad that I made whatever choice I made. You, well, you did a great great job. I love it. Um, I love your take on it. I love the series. Uh, so, I kind of. Yeah, it's the, honestly, it's the best. It's the best job I've had. Um, big big. You know, I haven't had the opportunity to play a major part in a in a series yet, so it's great for me just in that in that respect, but also to be able to do it on a show and work with people that I that I've wanted to work with and respect is really just very um, it's, it's a great feeling. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about as well was just the cast and getting to work with people like Bill Sadler and Robert Patrick. How amazing is that for you? very fun very cool um i've been watching those guys since i was young obviously so anytime it's kind of it's kind of crazy like when me and uh dj were first working together and kind of going over our stuff but then i would look over on the monitor when i'm not in the scene or somebody else is acting and it's don johnson or robert patrick or one of those guys i'm like oh okay this is a this is a real this is a real (laughs) show this is a real movie there's 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 people in it that, that I've seen before, and it's it's fun. That's awesome. So, kind of uh, kind of a broader question for you: What do you think is right now? We we see a lot of these um, anti-hero types coming to be the 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 hero in in series and in in movies. What do you think it is that why that's so popular today? Because back when the original film came out, it was sort of glossed over that these guys were bank robbers, they were killers, and they're the heroes of the piece, but now we see so many anti-heroes coming to the fore now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I think people are always interested in, in human conflict, and drama naturally kind of comes out of that. So many times that you see a character uh, battling his demons or battling maybe his natural tendency to be dark but overcoming that to do some sort of good it's more interesting I think um, I think eventually maybe we will we could go back to oh wow wouldn't it be cool if there was a guy who was just inherently good all the way through and he saved the day but for, for right now I think it's I think people like to see um, you know that humans have an ability to change or to improve themselves so just because you start out as a bad bank robber um killer it doesn't mean that you can't fall in love with a girl or or save somebody nice so um sort of my last question for you what would you be interested because i know back in the day they were talking about having a because we know that the the tarantino universes and the the rodriguez universes tend to like cross over and are connected even even hinted at in the movies would you ever want to like do a crossover into say the kill bill universe as the gecko brothers um at some point because i know that um it was vince vega and 
the geckos and, and all of this are all part of the same world. Would you be interested in taking that on at some point? Yeah, I think I read somewhere that, that the gecko brothers would be the guys, would be characters from a movie that the Vega brothers would watch. <laughs> That would, that would be awesome. I think I, I, think I, I think I read that somewhere. You know what? I'm 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 always you know that's that's beyond my control. I don't I don't know if if any of that is actually possible. But I'm always open to working with those guys and continuing to work with Robert. So if any if any of that if any situation like that came came up, um, yeah, of course I'd jump at the opportunity. Awesome. And so um, before we let you go, is there any hints or anything that you can give us about what the second season will be? Because now it's all open. I mean, it could be anything. What's going on with these guys? It's, it's completely. I, know. I, uh, I wish I, I wish I even had a spoiler to keep secret from you, but I have <laughs> no idea what's going on in season two. I've kind of had sort of broad conversations with the writers about where, where I think Richie would be at mentally. But other than that, I have no clue as to what's happening story-wise. So I'm as eager <laughs> and excited to find out as hopefully the fans of the show are. And, so and you go guys... go back into production. Um, I think it's October, the, right? Yeah, you we go back uh, mid-October. So hopefully I'll get a, get a script a little bit before that and be able to kind of start thinking about how I'm going to get ready for season two. But until then, I have no, I don't even have spoilers to pretend that I can't tell you. <laughs> you can make, what would you like to see happen with him? What, what would be your dream? Like, just, I've been thinking about this, and I would love to see this happen with Richie. Um, I, you know, I want to see what, 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 what Richie's going to do now with this newfound strength that he has, and if he can use that to, if he, where where is he gonna put it? Where's his head gonna be at? Is he gonna try and live in the labor world, or is he gonna try and use that to be a better a better thief? I mean, these are these are all kind of questions that we have, and and I think we'll get to see some of that play out in both worlds. The show, uh, just I'd like to see. I'd like to shoot basically. I'd like to do a, a large scale robbery. <laughs> that would be like, like see how that would play out on screen. Yeah. Guest director Michael Mann. That would be amazing. Well, Zane, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It was great talking to you. You guys are doing a phenomenal job on this series. I love these characters are near and dear to my heart as a, a massive fan of, of Tarantino and Rodriguez and I'm just so happy that we get to see them live again and you guys are doing justice for sure and amazing stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for uh, supporting the show. No worries.